Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha, who's going to talk to us about what's been happening in the markets. So, Jason, uh, interesting times still, I gather. What's been happening on, on the carbon front? Yes, thanks, Jeremy. Um, very, uh, very interesting times in carbon. Uh, we have a market that has recovered 10 euros from the uh, sort of COVID fallout in uh, in March. And that's significant. And I think um, the underlying story here is that carbon now, even despite the forecasters and expectations for carbon over the coming, not just year, but several years, of one of a recessionary type environment. Um, We're seeing carbon prices hit 2020 highs. You know, the technical analysts all saw the the, the push coming, but at the point where the push should have run out of steam, it got more energy and pushed again. There's several sort of um, expectations around that this is uh, funds and big investment houses positioning themselves for what they see as a green recovery and uh, perhaps the government's all lining up to use carbon as a soft target to claw back some of the uh, uh, the, the, the gaping holes in the economic forecasts. And I think, um, you know, in the short term, that's very difficult to trade because of the impact it has, particularly on power across Europe and power prices. But when, you know, technical and um, fundamental analysis is um, very much in the back seat at the moment, it's very difficult to uh, to challenge what some of the big financial players uh, possibly boosted with uh, all of this uh, liquidity injections into markets, uh, uh, you know, they're wreaking havoc at the moment. And it's um, it's really causing quite a few difficulties for, uh, for end users and market participants alike. Well, that's interesting. Yes, I guess the money's got to go somewhere for those who've got it at the moment. And, and, and perhaps um, carbon and other commodities is a destination, particularly as the political consensus around greening the recovery, not just in the UK, but across Europe, seems to be quite strong. But presumably there's a bit of a dynamic going on here between the carbon markets and, and the power markets. What, what's What's been happening there and what's the relationship between the two? You're absolutely right. Carbon is just a fuel input cost into power generation. And therefore, a move in the price of carbon has a direct effect in power markets. That depends on the general mix of power and how that's generated from from market to market. But if we take the UK, the UK uh, is running at about a 43% rate for uh, carbon efficiency, if you like. So for every one euro we see in carbon, that's 43 cent move in the cost of uh, power. Um, 30, 43 cents is, I don't know, 38 pence per megawatt hour at the moment. We've been seeing the UK market particularly, which is in a really bad space at the moment in terms of liquidity, in terms of um, the uh, trading window being abandoned by Ofgem. And we are, in this last rally, we have seen such thin markets that we've been seeing moves in power match one for one. Uh, the moves in carbon. So power markets have been raised by about three times their theoretical carbon impact 
obviously supported by some moves in the gas market as well. But yeah, so carbon not only doing its political positioning piece, which, you know, I suppose if if you believe the long term future for carbon is uh, a much higher price level, you are going to use the dip we've seen this year to, to move into a fundamentally long position. But the the impact that's had on very disjointed, very illiquid, very sort of unregulated power trading markets has made this this move particularly difficult for 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 end users and probably for a number of power traders on the um, on the financial side as well. Indeed, and I've been, not been following the prices the way you have, but I've been taking an interest in where our power's been coming from in in, in recent weeks, uh, possibly by as a result of having uh, the wrong kind of time on my hands during the current crisis. Um, but it's been fascinating. We've seen absolute record levels of renewables as a proportion of demand itself rather lowered. Now we're seeing demand starting to creep up, and we've had the odd day when, despite bright sunshine, we've had very low wind, and and the UK's uh, enormous wind fleet, including the largest offshore wind fleet in the world, producing hardly any power for a few days at a time. Uh, presumably, there are short-term effects on the market separate from these uh, medium to long-term trends that you've identified as well. That must be tricky for people dealing with short, short-term positions, I guess. Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, high pressure means uh, low wind output. I mean, we've got about two and a half gigs on the grid as I speak to you now from wind. Obviously, in a, on a day like today, that is bolstered by particularly strong solar looking at about nine gigs of solar on the on demand at the moment um, but obviously the swing generator there is gas and obviously you know we've seen um, gas because of its relationship to power and the importance of gas in generating power in the UK we've we've clearly seen uh, you know a correlation there in terms of uh, a little bit more gas demand bolstering prices uh, not just on the spot but out forward through the curve as well. So just generally a a fairly bullish storm at the moment. Reasonably well contained on gas and supported by the fact that we're coming into uh, peak maintenance season. Some maintenance has been deferred, marginal uh, NCS this time of year, but we are just about to move into July when there is Russian pipeline maintenance, which will see certain markets in Europe seeing a little bit of a lull. I think a bit of a chicken and egg, really. There is lower demand generally, um, and therefore this should not be, regular maintenance shouldn't be a problem. We're also seeing um, quite a few uh, LNG cargoes being cancelled through June, particularly out of the US. And we expect with price dynamics that that will look fairly similar in July. Uh, 45 cargoes got cancelled um, out of the US uh, destined for, uh, well, predominantly for Europe, but also for other markets as well in June. That expectations are that they, those will be cancelled as well, because although there's been a little bit of price recovery in Europe, the uh, the price advantage that was always sort of baked in means that actually for a lot of American producers, they might as well just sell the gas in their domestic market rather than process it and ship it. That, that's an, an interesting thought. So still perhaps a, a bit of a competitive advantage for gas using businesses in America compared with Europe. And I, I guess people shouldn't be too scared about summer maintenance. It's, it's routine and so on. And of course, although uh, uh, the UK doesn't directly import much Russian gas, certainly not via pipelines, it does have an effect on our market, as you say. 
equally, we've, we've gone into this summer with, a, you know, remarkably low gas demand and presumably high gas storage levels. So I guess that's a uh, that's some reassurance for consumers that there's a bit of buffering there in the system if, if there are any uh, unexpected problems during the summer period. Yeah, the key markets for Russian gas really for the impact in the UK is the German market. Now, German market storage is currently just just short of 90% full. So that's really strong position to be in at this time of the year. I suppose the the knock-on effect is that if German demand is missing out on its Russian gas, then it will turn to Norway to uh, to fill that that hole. And obviously, we are our direct competitor in the UK with Germany for Norwegian flow. So these are interconnected markets, and they you know they certainly don't move um, just because we don't actually get direct pipe molecules from Russia. Um, that doesn't mean to say that if the Russians have uh, Yamal off for two weeks for maintenance, then that is going to underpin, if not spike prices. I wouldn't say prices are reasonably contained because there is just generally very good supply situation. And like, like you said, you know, regular maintenance is something that we can all see coming and shouldn't really uh, give an impact. I suppose it's just really been given a little bit more... Um, sort of a lift based on the the bullish sort of sentiment in general markets, carbon and power particularly. Yes, and you you mentioned our connection to Norway on gas, which is hugely important. Is there similar maintenance planned for the interconnectors from um, or connecting us up to the Norwegian system or indeed to the continent or are those scheduled for later in the year? Yeah, so Norwegian maintenance, some some Norwegian maintenance has been cancelled this summer which understandably so. Some of it is being shifted forward to Q3, but I've just been looking at the latest notifications and we have uh, just about 11 MCM of Norwegian uh, gas of supply in July. So no real impact. There might be, uh, we, we wait and see what happens in August and September, but um, there really isn't a concern from Norway for, for July. It really is the absence of Russian and uh, perhaps the LNG loadings uh, in the US and, uh, and and some pieces coming out of uh, Australia now saying that, uh, that they will be turning down because of the weak demand there, particularly in Asia. The Asian LNG spot price has been absolutely uninterested in for months in any bullish movements. I mean, you know, if we turn our mind back uh, five and ten years, these prices look pretty uh, amazing in terms of Asian LNG compared to where it used to be um, 10, 15 years ago. Well, that'll be some comfort for gas producers uh, at the moment. The uh, long-lasting, or apparently long-lasting effects of the economic recession here and elsewhere uh, are going to take a while to play themselves out. And I suspect uh, oversupplying gas is going to be a feature uh, for some time to come. But as, as you said, Jason, there can be interesting effects still during the summer period. We, we may, may still have volatility, even if the prices are lower. Well, thank you as ever for your insights into that. Um, it looks like uh, we're, we're not going to be short of uh, further stories to cover on, on this subject in, in the weeks and months ahead. And uh, we look forward from hearing from you soon. Uh, and to anyone listening, if you'd like more information or to look at our reports, please visit our website, Alpha Energy Group. Uh, dot com forward slash uk and we hope you join us again for a podcast soon <laughs>